Hi, I'm Brian Calloway, and I am a uh, super crazy, crazy young at heart runner. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. This is Fundy, the craziest of the runners, and I have my cousin, always the oldest of the crazy runners. And joining us today is Brian Calloway, and not only is he an amazing runner, but he actually acted in a Super Bowl commercial. Before we get to Brian, be sure to rate and review the podcast and always share it with your friends, because that's how we keep growing. And if you love the content that you're getting and all the people that we talk to, make sure that you actually subscribe to the show. We have a new option out there where you can subscribe to listen to all this great content. It's not much to ask. It's $3.99 a month. It really helps us keep everything up and running. Uh, and also be sure to hop in to Strava, the old Crazy Runners podcast run club. It just keeps growing, 168 members. Man, it is getting up there. It is great to see all these people uh, getting out and running. Noticed uh, somebody recently that wanted to call out. Birdie, one of our uh, Hood to Coast favorites, is training and climbing up the leaderboard, putting in some great miles. She is. She just did uh, 907 pace on her 18 and a half mile training run. She is flying out to, I, I think she said Oklahoma or something crazy like that for her uh, marathon that is April 24th, a week before mine. Oh, man. Well, she's already got a sub four under her belt, so I bet she's going for even better than that. I can't let Birdie beat me. I just can't you're let gonna, her do it. You're going to have to accept that she's probably going to beat you. Just, well, at least I got to get close. It's a different race. <laughs> yeah. You can keep it close. I can keep it close. It's fine. Speaking of races, we had a fantastic time out at the Vancouver Lake Half Marathon. Oh, man. So, first of all, I, I, I got to go back to the directions. I reread them again. And even after running what was quite simple of a, of a race, it really wasn't a whole lot, uh, I, I still have no idea what they were telling me to do. And I, and I know what to do. I already ran it. Well, so here's, here's the key for me. Uh, yeah. Whenever there are written directions on a race route for a race, I don't read them. Oh, man, I'm going to just follow that from now on. If there's not a map, quit wasting my time. I don't know. I just go, there's cones, I turn, there's people telling me which way to go. I just follow them. Well, you didn't just follow people. You actually, um, you didn't, po we could call it a podium, but I, I want to call it like a, a, you mugged. I mugged. It wasn't a full podium. It was a half podium. Mini it, was a, it, was a, it was maybe like a, a step. Yes. It was like one of those little boxes at the uh, JCPenney photo shoot. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. So they, uh, they gave, uh, well, they said they gave mugs, but it was actually a pint glass, which I guess which is, is better. Better. Um, to all of the top six age group uh, finishers uh, by gender. And I finished number six. Number six. And I believe Chris White was, was he seven right behind you? He was seven right behind me. So he did not get a bug, but he didn't was right there. Bug. And then I was uh, trailing way behind in ninth top 10 for all three of us. What is, it was a great day. It was a great day. And I uh, got a PR eight seventeen pace. Final time was a one forty nine Oh two. Right. Oh, Oh two. That's right. Just two seconds yeah. off that one forty nine. A couple seconds to be in the one forty eights. Uh, so Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but that was well good. Done. Felt good. Felt strong. Uh, finished strong. Kept my pace going up. Last mile was a sub eight. Um, 
but that last, so I was rounded the corner and there was this guy next to me. It looked like he was, I don't know, early thirties, maybe taller. And, yeah. uh, we were just kind of neck and neck the whole way. I was, I was like, like, I was like, dude, you got to pull me in. You got to keep me going. And then we turned that corner and, uh, I ran a six thirty pace and, and I beat him, beat him to the finish line, Sprinted crushed his soul. End. Hopefully I hope he, I hope he cried. Well, Similarly, I was uh, coming down that stretch just before that last turn and passed a young woman probably in her early 20s. It was still going pretty strong. And uh, then I'm on that straight stretch, and I start hearing footsteps. Yeah, and you don't want those? Didn't even look back. Just turned it on, finished up, and uh, def- uh, held her off. Not for any particular reason other than don't get passed at the end. Yeah, um, I've got another point about the early 20s. So I finished top six in my age group. If I was in the 20 to 25 age group, I would have finished third or fourth. No those way. People are slow. Yeah. Wow. Those, young, those youngins are slow. Yeah. They need to get at it. I, I got to go back and see where I would have finished. I might have mugged in that, in that age group. Yeah. You would have been in, I think you would have finished fifth. Holy crap. What the hell? Yeah. I know. Damn oh, youngins man. slacking off. Uh, we also learned uh, something very, very valuable. Um, you want to have your inserts in your shoes. I have no idea (laughs) how I went from putting them on at my house, the entire trip up to the half warm up, all that. And then it wasn't, uh, was at the end of the race when I took my shoe off where I realized why I'd gotten this huge blood blister on my insole from where I was rubbing along the threads that they use to hold the side of the shoe to the sole because I didn't have any inserts. I had nothing. Nothing. So yeah, no support. So, nothing. So if you the recently dumbest bought mistake a pair I've of shoes, made. or you have some running shoes, go out to your garage, take your inserts out of the shoes themselves, and then uh, ask yourself if you want to run a half marathon in those. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just look at that bare, exposed underbelly of the inside of your shoe, and uh, that, that's what I ran on. And so I'm I'm actually pretty proud because I crushed that half marathon. The stride had me yeah. at a 201, and I did a 152. Yeah. No, a 152 is great. Yeah. What's your PR? Uh, 146. Nice. So I'm, I'm targeting a PR for the Eugene. Gotcha. Gotcha. And which is going to be flat and uh, beautiful, and it's just a big loop, so you don't have to read the directions. Yeah, and I'm going to bring my insoles. I would I'm recommend I'm going to put that. those in my shoes. Here's the thing. I was about halfway through. I almost... Because I thought I, I, I taped my ankles up, but I thought I'd, it was tape rubbing on my foot was the irritation that I was feeling. And I almost stopped and took my shoe off to take that tape off. And I think if I saw what I was actually dealing with, I would it would have screwed me for the rest of the race. Yeah, you wouldn't was, have been able to mentally recover from that. No, I, w- I was better off just not even knowing. So I'm going to take that to heart and say that as soon as you start a race, never take your shoes off. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, also, when we want to discover why Nicholas didn't have any inserts in his shoes uh, because he has special inserts. So he swaps them back and forth. But going back to the very beginning of this podcast, he's the oldest one. I, I that kind of explains everything. <laughs> I love when I went and saw my physical therapist and she asked if I had insoles. I'm like, yeah, I did, but I stopped. <laughs> why? Why did you stop? That was a stupid thing to do. That was oh, dumb. Man. Well, that was great to kick it off. Uh, now, really excited. We're just a couple weeks out from a 10K, a couple 10Ks back-to-back, and then uh, we got that, the half in Eugene. You got the full, and it is 
so fun to be out amongst a crowd and running a race with uh, people, not just virtually. Oh, so good. Um, also, uh, another note on races uh, and gear, uh, I have a trigger warning. People might want to just skip over the next few minutes of the podcast. I don't know if y'all are going to be able to take it. Oh, no. It might be too much for you. Yesterday, my wife insinuated that I had too many race shirts. Uh, it probably wasn't insinuated. I mean, I'm sure it was a little bit more even direct than, you, than you, you're letting on. I'm being and nice. Now, I, I will say that I've actually packed, I've started to pack some away. I kept well, them. Yeah, but did you, did you take them to Goodwill or throw them away? No. No. They're, they're in a spot. I have a spot they, for them. They are still in your possession. Yes, they're just not, they're not hanging up and in, the, in the, the cycle of shirts that I wear. To sum up, with a legally binding piece of evidence, you do not have too many race shirts. No. No, I have all of them. You have all of them. So uh, yeah. I apologize to everybody out there. You had to listen to that. Probably, you know, put some fear into you. Think, Wait, do I have uh, too did, many race shirts? Do I have to throw so, them away? No, you do not. What is the outcome? Because it's one thing to bring that up. I'm, I, I don't believe it's actually resolved because you, you sound like you still have said race shirts, and, and that's not the resolution here. And we both know that's not how this is going to end. Well, the current situation is I just pretend like I didn't hear what she said. Okay, well, I, I suggest you find some way to pack those away and, and hide them. And then... No, I'm leaving them out there. I'm, I'm, right. I'm standing my line. Pick your battles, man. Pick your battles. I am picking my battles, and obviously this is an important one. <laughs> this, this is it. Exactly. This, is the, this is the battle. This morning I woke up, and I was able to prove scientifically with verifiable data that uh, beer helped me lose a pound. Well, that's great news. It is great news. So this is science. Okay, so um, Chris and I went for a run, and then Chris, he he's uh, selling his house and moving, and, and his the sale of the house, the first buyer dropped out. And then the second buyer was like waiting on all this stuff. So he was really nervous. Well, the papers came through yesterday, signed, done deal. So decided we would go to uh, the poor house and, and have an actual beer. So we had an actual pint of hazy. And then I got another uh, half pint, a little bit more than a half pint, like a eight ounce pour. And we drank those. By and the then, way, uh, I also ate is exactly a half pint. Well, yes and no. In the U.S., most <laughs> pint glasses are twelve. So, oh, I guess I got it was you. an actual, it was an imperial half pint. Yes. <laughs> right, our pints are not real pints. Um, so, and then we came home, and actually, I had some kettle chips after dinner. Obviously, not uh, good for weight loss. But woke up this morning and dropped a whole pound. So you weigh yourself every morning. I do. Yeah. Man. That's fastidious. Um, and I don't think that had anything to do with running eight miles yesterday. I think it was just the beer and the kettle chips helped me lose a pound. Um, I, I think the idea of putting in at least a pound worth of material into your body, regardless of calorie content, and then losing a pound because you added a pound is absolute perfect math. Science. Yeah, so I'm Science. down a pound uh, and had a a beer and a half and some kettle chips. Um, and, and that's significance because I'm really not drinking at all now. So that was extra beer. This week's guest, Brian Calloway, not only is a badass trail runner that's running up 
basically the Hollywood sign and down all over in Hollywood. Uh, but he is also uh, the person that is in the magical beer fridge commercial. One of the best beer commercials ever. He's got a great story that starts where a lot of us started, which was a moment where we looked at ourselves and realized this is not what I want. He was sitting at a pool in Hawaii looking over his belly with his kids swimming and uh, couldn't even see him over his own belly. And that started his journey to changing his diet uh, and starting hitting the trails. And man, this guy, he's doing seven, eight miles with 1,500 Bert on a low day. He's definitely getting out there and he's doing some really, really cool things. It's a great conversation. You're going to love it. Let's get to it. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Oh man, super excited to get you on here. Uh, so we can talk some vert. Yeah. And well, uh, some, some bad shoe choices and everything. Poison oak. Oh man. Poison poodle dog weed. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, did you say are. poodle dog weed? Is that, is that something from your dispensary? Uh, I wish it was, but no, actually it's much more toxic. Uh, it grows when there's, we have so many fires in, in the, in the forest here after the fire, this weed grows called poodle dog brush or poodle dog weed. And I'm not sure if I fell into that or poison oak, but it was nasty. Yeah. So you posted some pictures on Instagram. I can yeah. concur. It was, yeah. it was nasty. Did your wife make you sleep in the other room? No, it wasn't, it wasn't so bad, but I, I think what was bad was uh, I didn't realize I had it on my legs, and then we went and got a uh, leg massage. Right <laughs> so after. to spread it all around? Yeah. So, <laughs> so she really rubbed it in, and then, you know, I got home and went to the bathroom, and, yeah. you know, it's there too, and, uh, you know. Face. So that would be something I would do. So let's do something bad, and then let's see what the worst thing we could do to make it worse. Absolutely. So it, it was, it was, it was a trip, but uh, I did some steroids, which by the way, I highly recommend if you have any like knee pain, I, it was so interesting because I've had this chronic knee pain for like 20 years and uh, I did the oral steroids and all of a sudden that knee pain went away. Oh, roids are the best. I, was, oh, man. I, like, <laughs> I got to know more about this. You did. You, you, you just, uh, you got to get a prescription for those. I assume I can't just go to like CVS and, Pick up some no. steroids. It's a yeah, it's a prescription so That's that the rash isn't so uh, so bad. Yeah, when uh, I so when I lived in Japan, uh, was teaching English. One of my students was a doctor, and so I could just get steroids whenever I wanted. Yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. I had no idea. <laughs> so, but you probably don't want to take them a lot and super often, but every right. once in a while, it's good. Yeah, and then they also prescribed a topical steroid as well, which I find. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So let's, uh, before we get too far in, let's kind of uh, let everybody know who you are, how we met. So uh, Brian uh, is a buddy of mine from the photography world. And I think we both started really getting into running about the same time. I think from a timeline, our journey is similar from uh, kind of, you know, nine, 10 years ago, and then kind of slowly getting into it and then, and then ramping up. Is that accurate? I have been running probably uh, since my twenties, okay. uh, all these mountains that I run in right now, I, I started running in, in my twenties. Um, I stopped running when we got pregnant with our first child and we built our business. So, um, that's when I, I refer to that era of my life as the apex of Gordo. <laughs> I literally 
went to 255 pounds. Uh, and I was sitting, uh, we were on a, a job in Hawaii and I was sitting at the pool and I couldn't see the kids in the pool over my belly. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That's enough. So that I just went upstairs, got some shoes and I just did a walk. And I slowly, slowly got back into running. And that was probably, I don't know, in my late 30s. And I'm 50 now. And uh, so 255, you're not super tall. How are you? How tall no, are I'm you? No, I'm 6'1". 6'1". But not super tall. It's not like you're 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, no. holding 250. 6'1", no. holding 250 pounds is pretty heavy. You're carrying around quite a bit extra weight. Yeah, and it was all right here. Yeah. 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 And I was full on this guy. You done with that? You done with that? You know what I mean? You done with right. that? Me... Yeah. Let me finish your plate for you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So my my moment came when I realized uh, it was either make a change now or accept that you're going to be out of the pant waist in the 30s. <laughs> I was wow. I was pushing from a 38 to a 40. Yeah, and, you don't want to uh, leave the 30s. No. Uh, no. Did not <laughs> want to do that. That's a true. That is a true, true marker, right? The 38 yeah. to 40. I mean, I was at 40. I think I was even a little bit more. And I was shopping at Tommy Bahamas. That guy. <laughs> right. Because yeah. they had the elastic khakis. Where you're like, could I get something that's not print or beige? Anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So maybe, uh, you know, if I was king of the world, I would say that all Tommy Bahamas pants have to come with a free running app to get yourself a couch to 5k app or something like that right but then they wouldn't sell any more of those pants they they wouldn't no that's true right. that's true right they double-edged sword right uh at the same time uh that i went to my dad had a heart attack and uh so and he's very skinny guy so uh i went to his doctor and he said uh you know you have high blood pressure all this stuff here's some 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 pills I said, what about going to the gym? And he goes, well, don't do that because you'll quit that. And so I. <laughs> what a great doctor. Goes, Isn't that great? Well, he goes, everyone quits that. So yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, so I just did some research. And at the time, that was when Bill Clinton had lost all that weight uh, and reversed his uh, heart disease uh, by going on a plant-based diet. So I gave that a shot and I started running and I dropped from 255 to about 200 in about three months and then got to 190, 185 in a six month period. And I have a graph. It's crazy. It just goes straight down. Um, so my love for running, and I think I heard Drew talking about kind of the same thing. Is that, is that his name, Drew? Yeah. Yeah. yeah talking, how there was sort of like a catalyst, sort of like a moment in your life where something big changed and then running happened at the same time. And so it sort of like galvanizes this love right. of, right? Because yeah. it just sort of brings me all the way back to when I lost that weight every time I run. Uh, so for me, it's just, it's, it's crazy that I have found this at 50. Like it never, like every day I run doesn't, I don't remember it feeling like that when I was in my 20s and 30s. Yeah. Well, like what, every, what, I mean, what was your motivation then, right? I mean, were you running, running didn't, it was a, a chore, I would imagine, or it was you were you were running to do something when you were in your twenties. No, in my twenties, I was running because we live so where I live. I live right up against the Angeles National Forest, and so I would always my my love of that was just going on a trail and seeing where it went. You know, gotcha. and then right, it was just exploring by myself. Um, so 
and it's that's still that that love that curiosity is still like super bright right now for me as well so how would you describe um you know your difference emotionally when you're out on those trails those same trails from when you were 20 to to now i mean you, you had an appreciation in both both points but i mean how how is it really different what, what does it mean to you well i feel every run right now i feel like it's i don't want to sound so dark but i feel like it could be your last right so i feel like i have an i just love so much that i got out there well it's like sometimes I've gotten injured so much lately that it might be your last run for three or four months. So I just have a bit bigger appreciation for it, I guess, than when you're in your twenties. But and when you're in your twenties and thirties, I don't think you appreciate much anyway. Yeah, you certainly <laughs> don't true. appreciate what it means like to be hurt. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, we have kids and the business. And so you got two hours to squeeze it in. So I just really appreciate that time by myself and with the dog. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. So you, uh, and we've actually talked, uh, personally about some of this. So, so some of the injuries that you've been experiencing over the last, uh, two, three years and how are those now? And, and what, what's been your process with those? Uh, patellar tendonitis, uh, the inside, whatever the inside of the inner knee is on both knees, uh, plantar fasciitis, all of that. But the, the inside knee thing I've had forever, I, I still can't figure that out, but I did start going to, a um, physical therapist that does uh, fascia scraping mm -hmm. and tissue massage and cupping. Uh, and that really helped. And then I really started concentrating on my, um, my diet and trying to get a lot more protein in and working a little bit on um, lunges and, and other exercises to sort of build up the muscle around the knees. And in the last few months, I've noticed quite a, quite a bit different. They don't hurt as much. Uh, I do a lot of stretching after every run. I get into a hot bath, not ice. I do a hot bath and then I bend my knees and sit on my knees, sort of just make sure they stay stretched out. Um, but I think at our age, I mean, I don't think you can do this without a serious regimen behind it. And I heard you guys, when you're talking to Brody about the workout thing, I mean, that really resonated with me. He said, if you're going to be 50 years old and want to run like that, you got to, you got to support the system. You got to yeah. build up the muscle. I was really, that really hit home for me. But it's hard, you know? Yeah. Well, it is. And, and uh, I also worked with the physical therapist over the summer after having a knee injury as well. And, you know, one of the things that came out of that was, you know, where you feel the pain may not be the source of the right. problem. So, I, you know, I came out of the marathon and my uh, hip flexors were sore. And I was thinking, oh, I didn't work those enough. I didn't make them strong enough. And she's like, well, yeah, maybe. Or your calves are actually weak and you're not pushing off hard enough. And so you're making up for that by having to strain on your hip flexors to pull your, your leg forward. So, I mean, to your point about your inner, the inner knee, if you don't work with somebody that watches you from an outside view, you'll never be able to diagnose what little thing you might be doing that's aggravating that aspect to it. And as we get older, it's either you stretch a whole lot or apparently uh, you got to get some topical steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the or the internal steroids the the ones you, the pills yeah so um and kind of to echo that uh nicholas and i were just talking i ran a half marathon in your neck of the woods and i saw that for the first time ever uh post uh surgery i've been doing 
weight workouts in addition to my running and huge difference in the strength at the end, uh, right. <laughs> which obviously should shock nobody. Right. Yeah. But, but, but the thing that everybody should be shocked was that I finally listened to somebody and did what I was supposed to. Right. I mean, <laughs> they all say you're supposed to do that, but none of us do that. I have found also that doing, um, two to three minutes of, uh, of, like swinging my legs before a run. I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not sure where I saw this. I don't know if you guys know what this is called, but that sort of thing where you just swing your, sort of open up your hips a little bit. Yep. Yep. A little bit of that. And then when you're done with the run, do a lot of lunges, even though you're toast, mm-hmm. a lot of lunges. And I also found that um, at 50 now, I, I'm not so concerned with running fast. Every time I run fast, I sort of, that's when the twinges come back a little bit. So if I just stay slow, um, it just, yeah, it sort of prevents more injury for me. At least I'm not in any hurry right now. Well, and you say slow, but you're doing, uh, like some of your runs, you're doing quite a bit of vert and, um, you pay, you're keeping a pretty good pace. Well, I've, you know, that's interesting you say that. So I feel like trail running is almost a different sport Yeah, than yeah. running. Yeah. Um, because there's the grind uphill, mm-hmm. which I've, freaking love that is my favorite thing in the world is just that the, the breathing and the just chugging and and i want to stop i want to stop no 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 uh, keep going keep going keep going uh i'm gonna stop here nope i'm gonna go around the next bend i'm gonna go around the next bend i just love that part of it and then you get to the so all of my runs are generally just straight up and then straight back down point and then back so running down i've been doing that for so long that like I can fly over single track rocky terrain and it's sort of this mindset you get in where you're just in tune with the mountain and you're flying. It's almost like you're flying. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It's just for me, it's that is a sense of clarity that comes out of a run like that, that lasts the entire day. It's a drug. It's absolutely a drug for me. And, yeah. uh, and I'm hooked on it big time. So a couple questions around that one on the uphills, are you running up the hills or are you hiking up the hills? I'm running up the hills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're keeping pretty good pace up and right, then slow. It's not, it's not, oh, yeah. I'm not chugging. Yeah. I got to say any description that involves the word run and uphill. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's solid. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're pushing some calories out there. Yeah. I mean, out the you mentioned, uh, you know, Drew, and Drew likes to run the BPA road, and I, I gotta assume you've got a similar, several similar trails. I mean, it's a thousand foot of climb over one mile. That's and, nasty. Yeah, and, and and he's he runs that, and at no point are are we running. I mean, there's you know a couple flat spots where we pick it up a little bit. I'd call it a trot, but for the most part, I mean that's that's just a hard pushed hike. That's Forest Park. I think I've actually uh, run that. I think I tried. Uh, that's is that one of the fire roads? Uh, it is. It's at the very end of uh, the fire lanes. It's like fire lane fifteen. Yeah. It's the BPA. Uh, the easiest way to remember it. It's the one under the big power lines. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's I, kind I of. I did exposed. once on my mountain bike in there, and I had to walk the mountain bike up because it was so freaking. Yeah. 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 I could not mountain bike up. By the way, I mountain bike some of these trails as well, and I can run faster. Uh, than the mountain bike then i can mountain bike on so, going up yeah 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 so that uh going up and down both though 
Or no, the, like yeah, the full way faster. <laughs> yeah, of course. Count. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know like the average, of course. Yeah, not uh, that fast. But uh, so my second question though is is referring back to you talk about flying down the hill and being in that zone. For me, sometimes when you're in that zone going down that hill, it feels like your body is falling down the hill and all your legs are doing is just like touching the ground like to keep up with your body. All the legs yeah. are doing is just keeping up with the body as it goes down that hill. Yeah, yeah. And when it's rocky like that, uh, you know, you, 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 I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, I'll hit like a rock and my, I can feel my ankle go. And by the time it even starts to go, it's already gone. Yeah, you lift up off of it. Yep. To move. Yeah. So I, I rarely get hurt going downhill. Um, yeah, just love it so much. Yeah. So no, uh, so we have among our group, we have uh, the Golden Helmet Award. Oh. Which is uh, awarded to the uh, runner in our group that gets the most falls in one season. <laughs> <laughs> Who has that? Uh, Nick? Oh, no. No, uh, I, I did fall. He, I, I, he I was in the, the running. Point. I was in the running, but uh, Chris White was, um, well, pardon the pun, but he was heads and tails ahead of all of us. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. if you guys had an award for uh, the Insta shit award, I would be the king of that. That's been happening to me the last month. Okay. What's the Insta shit where you just got to stop and let it out right away? Dude, it's like you're two miles into the, in the run and all of a sudden, bam, it's coming right now. <laughs> yeah. Dig a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Off you go. I didn't tell you guys the best part about getting the poison oak after that. Oh, there's uh, the best part. <laughs> no, there's more after that. So I got the poison oak or the pillow, pillow whatever dog, willow yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been. And then, like, that cleared up a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I had the most itchy ass <laughs> I have ever had, like, so bad I couldn't sleep. And so my wife thought I had worms or blah, blah, blah. And we couldn't figure out what it was. And then she talked to her dad and her dad's an ex-athlete, you know, uh, master's tennis champion. And he goes, what about jock itch? And I was like, oh, what a great idea, jock itch. Uh, so then I went to the store and got the Lotrimin and all that stuff yeah. and did it up and it was gone in like two hours. Okay. So, so watch had, out for jock itch too. So That's you had jock itch on your ass? Yeah, in my ass. <laughs> well, it was like ass in between the ass. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was know, the that, full spectrum. Yeah, I didn't realize after a three-hour run, you're supposed to take shorts off. Oh, yeah. So uh, I can see that. Also, like I'm wondering the... how many subscribers we just lost. In that conversation. <laughs> I'm thinking at least 10%. Yeah. Oh, and I want to make sure we, we clarify that it's a three-hour run that you've completed and gotten home. You're Correct. not literally at the three-hour mark on your run taking, taking your, shorts your shorts off. off. Which unless also it was, unless yeah. I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Running down the trail screaming, it's jock itch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I have a side topic question and we'll get to you. So uh, you're, you're really into trail running and I, I know that you follow, follow a lot of trail runners. Yeah. And um, you also seem to be a fan of the running with the trucker hat. So you, can you expound a little yeah. bit about the trucker hat ultra trail running Milieu. Hmm. Well, I tried several hats, and none of them fit my big, big head. Okay. So well, I, you're selling I, us right away. I, I have a really <laughs> fat head, so the trucker hat seems to be the only fat uh, the, the hat that that works. I tried like the Nike running hat, and some other hats. They're just yeah. too small. Yeah. So the okay. trucker hat fits my fits my head, and I I can get it down like this, and the sun is off my face. Gotcha. I will say too. Uh, 
this year I got uh, 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 melanoma on my on my neck because I never wore sunscreen. Okay. Uh, and so the hat to me is super important uh, as another defense against the sun. Yeah. But yeah, the trucker hat. So. Yeah, and and just for people, people won't be able to see this. It's just audio only. Uh, you have a very nice green trucker hat that says "Choose Mountains" on the front. Yes, which is awesome. Yes, and then most of the hats, the, the hats that I generally wear are from a a, a running shop in uh, Kona, Hawaii. Okay. Uh, and I wear those hats because it always reminds me of that first day in Hawaii when I got up and went yeah. for a run. So I wear those hats, and I order them all. The, you know, once a year, I'll order a whole bunch from that store. Okay. Just to kind of remind me. Yeah, I just ordered a hat uh, by a company named Boco, B-O-C-O, okay. and they're like uh, high-tech trucker hats. So they're trucker hat style, but they're like built for runners with, you know, sweat wicking and all that all that stuff. Yeah, so I'm excited to try that out. That's that what these hats do. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, there's no way um, my, my sweat would overpower whatever management system is in that So Nicholas that right has there. a... Very special headband that he wears. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'd like yeah. you to. We've described this on the podcast before, but it's been a long time. So uh, I'd like Nicholas to describe his headband that he wears, yeah. and I have one also, and they are good. And and get Brian's reaction to said headband. All right. Well, the uh, so it's a more of the the neoprene, not a cotton um, material. And then uh, at the base, on the inside, there's a yellow rubber, I'm going to call it a gasket, that <laughs> runs along your brow. So the sweat that comes down off your head hits the gasket, and then the channel is away from your eyes and back behind your ears. So you, it keeps wow. the sweat out of your face magnificently. And, and you can't see, it's not like, you're running up on somebody and they're like, that guy's got a gasket on his head. <laughs> yeah, the gasket is I've internal. got a headband, which, which is kind of a gasket. Uh, it's, it's very nondescript it's, and functional. And it's actually small enough that I have that. And then I wear my hat, my brimmed hat over the top of it because like you go that, you know, you still need that sunshade. I think you guys should run a contest and uh, give away, give it, give that away as a prize, a signed uh, gasket headband. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to have to come up with the uh, the old man award because it's going to be one either between the headband gasket or the fanny pack water bottle holders uh, uh, that yeah. Fundy likes to I did you I know I hope I got a groan from that. Are you a are you a fanny pack water guy? Uh, yeah, I am. So, uh, yeah. not a fan of the look, but so here's the key. I don't have to look at me while I run. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's everybody else does and I'm happy with them being upset. So uh, I do, well, when I'm running trails and especially really long one, I, I do wear a Solomon vest, um, yeah. which, which I love, but for the longer road runs, if I don't need it, especially if I'm trying to make a time, like if I'm, you know, trying to push myself, um, I have run a half marathon in the vest and it just, just holds extra heat. Yeah. Uh, and it's just extra stuff on me. So bulky too. Yeah. And yeah. but I also consume a lot of liquids, and I have being an old man, uh, I have problems with my elbows. If I hold stuff too much, my my basically the my forearm falls asleep. Really? Yeah. So you know that's obviously good. So wow. I can't really hold anything. So the uh, the belt is my only choice. That's all I got. What color is it? Is it pink? 
the belt. It's it's <laughs> it's black, um, but I'm gonna uh, get that some special paint and just put "I love Brian" on the front. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get it em- embroidered. <laughs> love to do a photo shoot, an old man photo shoot with some neon, some neon green and pink fanny packs and headbands. Yeah, we'll get yeah, Chris with the golden helmet. The, the funny uh, fun run. The belt itself might be black, but I believe the water jugs are are a bright. Oh, no, the current ones, I did have some bright yellow ones. The current ones are just white. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say uh, I'm with Bundy. I used to have a handheld water bottle. I can't do that anymore. I love just having my hands free. But I do have um, a sport vest. That Nathan one is a lot lighter than our trail running. And so that's my go-to if I've got to go out for any distance and, and carry water. But that's still, it doesn't have the water on the back. It's got the bottle on the chest and that little nozzle sticking up, that's got a, that's a little funny. <laughs> yeah, I use a, I use a Nathan one with the big bladder in the back, but I usually have the dog. So it's, it's a great way to, to have, make sure I have enough uh, water for the dog. Yeah. Right. As well. So uh, getting back to the running side of things, you have, uh, I believe you said you have a 50 K coming up a 30 K with 50 K. Uh, 50 K. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, so I've I upped the mileage very slowly over the last uh, four years. I remember I had a physical therapist who said, you know, go really slow, like 5% a month or whatever it was, or five, 10% a year. I don't remember what it was, but super slow because I just don't want to get hurt again. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to do it 18 on Monday and a 24 the week after that. And then uh, March 12th, I think it is, is the 50K, and it's in our neighborhood in Griffith Park. Uh, and, uh, so, so Griffith park is like forest park, uh, without any trees at all. So it's completely no shade. Uh, and the course has about 7,000 feet of, uh, bird. That's so, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be walking a lot on that. I think. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be, uh, we'll see how that goes. I want to see if I can do it on, in just at six hours. Um, which I think is pretty ambitious, but um, for me, so, just because I've done one before. 50K, that was 7,000 feet of vertical? Yeah, 30 miles. Okay, so that's uh, four miles and a couple thousand feet more than the Dig Your Grave that we got scheduled. Yeah. What's the Dig Your Grave? Is that uh, or, uh, Oregon? It's in um, Sandpoint, Idaho, up off of oh, wow. Lake Coeur d'Alene. So yeah, one, one of our, our guests. one of our guests he run he runs it and uh, you do five thousand feet in the first five miles and oh. then yeah exactly out and back we uh, yeah add another thousand or so and then um, come back down so then you got to finish with that five miles and that descent yeah yeah that, imagine. that first five miles brutal oh yeah Fundy's in denial he keeps forgetting we have that on the calendar. I have no idea what he's talking about. When yeah. is that? End of July. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for no me, idea. for me in my life, what's what's really difficult is uh, my my job is the weekend. A lot of the work that we do is destination work, so we're gone for the entire weekend. I can't like work on a Saturday and then run on a Sunday. I'm right. actually gone. And then if we're home, both our girls are uh, you know on track junior Olympic volleyball players. So there's, you know, volleyball every weekend. And then when volleyball is over, there are beach volleyball on the weekend. So finding a race to run has been really hard. Um, 
because I have all these friends and they all want to do runs and I'm never available. Like I just saw there was a beer relay race run in Bend, and I have friends yeah. in Portland and they're like, yeah. And then I looked at our calendar and no. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is hard. So are you, so most of your runs is during the weekdays. Yeah. So for me, I have to like that Monday, I have to do 10, eight miles, whatever. Like I have to get it done on Monday. Cause if I, if I fall back and don't run on Monday, then all of a sudden I got to get it all done in like three or four days. And for me, I have to, you know, I, if I do 10 miles, maybe I can do eight miles the next day, but then I definitely have to take a day off on Wednesday and do nothing. Um, I also, when I work right now, I'm sitting down, but when I work, I try to always have the, the stand up desk going. Right. So I, my knees aren't bent at the desk, which is super important. Yeah, getting old is fun. So <laughs> talk to me about that, the, the knees bent. I mean, when we talk about sitting, you know, most of it is just around not the, the lack of movement necessarily. Uh, but I am intrigued about that. The results are what you might have found with keeping your joints in a stationary position for so long and what that does. I have no idea, but I just feel like, I have gotten better in the knees and part of it has been having a stand up desk. So I feel, you know, and also I don't, I'm not someone who can sit there and just work for two hours. So I'll work and for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I'll go see what the dog is doing and I get distracted. So I am moving around. Um, I have thought about getting one of those treadmill desks, but that's too much. That's just too much. That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we what was that one uh we talked about there was a lady who got a treadmill desk and in a year lost like 80 pounds or something. Yeah. That's all she did. Yeah. I I I ran into these guys running uh up there it's a Caltech running group and this guy's great on Strava. You got to follow this guy. His name is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of him before. But well, I don't know game. if we're talking about the same Luke Skywalker. I have heard of a Luke Skywalker, but I don't know yes, if this is the it, same guy. I think it's a different guy. Okay. Pretty sure. Uh, but uh, we hit, so what was the point is, what were we talking about? Uh, knees. And what are we, <laughs> treadmill yeah. desk. Oh, the treadmill desk. <laughs> okay. One of the, first <laughs> the of all, this, three, three 50 year old men just totally got lost in thought right there. That's, dude. that's some good. good oh, dude. Good at all. It happens all the time for me, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, what are we talking about again? Just kidding. So the, um, so one of the girls in the group, was telling all the guys that she was she at her desk she uses one of those um what are those mobile uh, mobility things she she stands on one of those uh oh like, like the balls. bosu balls the half ball yeah. the bosu yeah, ball she yeah she works that way yeah for her core and i was like wow uh but follow that luke skywalker guy he's about to do he's about to try the fastest known time north to south death valley holy so, shit yeah. i just want to point out i did a search for luke skywalker on strava and there's there's three pages of Luke Skywalker's. <laughs> he's the one that has. Uh, he's the one that has uh, the picture of. Uh, it's like a little miniature Luke Skywalker Lego guy. Probably All two right. pages. Oh, there, there's one. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. Oh, okay, you're following. I got the guy. Yeah, okay. he's he's fantastic. Perfect. So, uh, Strava is one of my. Uh, I'm in love with Strava. That's like I every day I'm on it, that that thing all day long. Me too. So for me, uh, it's it's my favorite social media. Yeah, me too. I love it. I hate you everything guys do else. Flybys? I haven't done any flybys yet. So that's uh, which is a new feature. 
Um, and I would suspect that our old Crazy Runner Podcast Run Club is full of old people that don't quite know how it works yet. So I'd love if you would explain that to us. Well, yes, it's please. a little... So you can't access it on your phone. You can only access it on the desktop computer. And it's a little on your main part of your run. It's a little button that says flybys, view flybys. Okay. Click on that. And then anybody that has uploaded their run to Strava, who's not private, you can see their run. So I had this whole community of runners in LA that I've met purely by flyby. I look up my run and then I see their run. I click on their profile and then. I friend them and then um, I probably have like 20 guys and now I see and then you see them again on the trail and you know their name. You're like, Steve? Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, are you Brian? Yeah. So, so what's so uh, how do you access the flyby again? I believe it's on if you go look at your activity on a desktop computer. Yeah, uh, it's maybe middle left. OK, it says Strava Labs view flybys. OK, cool. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they changed the privacy protocol in the app. It used to be, you could see everybody. Yep. Uh, and now you have to, if you don't know about it, you have to go in and, and unclick private. So it's defaulted private on everyone's profile. So, okay. um, really cool. And roots is another thing. Do you guys do that as well? Use the root. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my favorite thing too. So you can go into especially on your desktop computer, you can go into uh, Roots. I'm not sure where it is on the app, but you can go in and just click, like especially on a trail run, you can click and it'll it'll show you all the different possibilities. You can sort of route out where you want to go and then it'll come around to a full circle and then tell you how far exactly it is and what time it thinks it'll take you to finish it. And then you can just, you know, put that into your GPS or whatever. Which is awesome when you're traveling. You're somewhere you don't know. Right. Yeah. And you just pull it yeah. up and go. Yeah. And there's heat maps. So it'll show you like this trail is really popular. This one, not so much. So for me, whenever I'm running somewhere where I haven't been, I like to, to be somewhere where I know there might be some people. Yeah. In case I get hurt or you know something worse. Yeah. Well, in case. Yeah. Because we're old. So the chances are high. They are. <laughs> well, I mean, ish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, especially getting hurt. Yeah. Well, you got to know where the poodle dog weed. Patches Absolutely. are, you know. Yes, and the chocolate patches. Is there like a green heat map for the poodle dog weed and the <laughs> and the poison ivy or poison uh, oak? There is no, there's no heat map for the dangers that uh, lie out there. That would be awesome. We should uh, contact Strava and let them know yeah. that there's, there's a missed a missed opportunity there, and you can be the poster boy. Yes, for <laughs> yeah, for, for don't pain. end up like Brian. Yes, don't itch your uh, don't don't go to the bathroom if you have poison oak. Not fun. So you also talked about uh, running with pepper. Yeah. What what is uh, you're not talking pepper spray? Are, are you are you talking like pepper pepper? What do you what are you running with? So pepper pepper is a uh, is a lab oh. pointer mixed uh, with a white. Uh, he's black with white paws and a tail with a white tip. So the girls named him Pepper. They actually named him Sergeant Pepper Picasso Peppercorn. Is <laughs> his full name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the vet, they refer to him as Sergeant Pepper. But talk about pure joy when we run this dog. Yeah. Uh, so we, we, the most he's done is about 16 miles. He, he does all the long runs, no problem. He's pulling me the entire way. And he just looks back, constantly looks back with this huge smile on his face. 
And uh, so it's a great bond that him and I have, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. So I have uh, we have a golden retriever who's I think going on eleven months now, and so I'm going to start running with him pretty soon. What is your uh, leash setup when you're running with Pepper? So I just kind of locked that in. I got rough rough something leash. I forget the name of the the brand. It's R U F F. Yep. It's the Roamer leash, and uh, I like this leash because it's long. Mm-hmm. How long uh, is it about, you think? I think it's like seven feet, but okay. it stretches out. Yeah, so stretchy. It's a bun- kind of a bungee. Okay. Yes, yep. it's bungee. It, it can close down to my hand, so I can have it hold it on my hand, mm-hmm. or I can just pull it out, and it goes around my waist. Yeah. So what we do when we run uphill is I have it on my hand, my left hand on the, on the, on the rope, on the leash so I can guide him and pull him in case he goes somewhere I don't want him to go. But when we run downhill, I put it around my waist and then he just pulls me downhill. Yeah. We run for for safety, for yeah. safety and performance, have the exactly. dog pull you downhill. Now this is new though. I've just started doing this a month ago and I will say it's a little scary because I, when I'm running really fast downhill, I'm looking probably 20 feet down. I'm pre picking where I'm probably, you know, I don't know I'm doing this, but yeah, I know yeah. I'm, my brain is pre-pricking where it's going to go. I can't see that far ahead when um, the leash is only, you know, seven feet. So we, we go a little bit slower. Well, and I got to imagine uh, your thoughts on the proper uh, way to transcend those rocks is a little bit different than Pepper's thoughts on how he's going to bound, drag yeah, you with him. Yeah, it's interesting, though. He picks the same line that I'm already thinking about going. He always picks the probably what I would imagine is the path of least resistance for him, yeah. right? Like the less rockier. Mm-hmm. Right. Spot. And then, then you get done and he's like, I'm a genius. I am so smart. He totally went where I went. Can Amazing. we do it again? Yeah. One of our running buddies, Ben has uh, a dog Bailey that also can run similar to that. And uh, it is much better out on the trail with her as well. Just seeing how excited she is, which is the exact opposite of what my dog would do which is to look at me like I'm insane as soon as I open the car door and asked her to get out and act, do anything. It brings up a good point though. Like you're going to start running with your dog. I mean, with my dog, I'm always checking like, to see if at all he's like, I don't want to do this anymore or there's distress or he's running behind me. Uh, so I took it very slow in the beginning. We just, we built up to the, to the long Yeah, run. totally. Go out and do that. Yeah. And uh, my guy's still a puppy too, so there's gonna be some training of like not stop in front of me or run in front of me or wrap the leash around me and make me yeah. fall down the hill. Yeah, that's a real <laughs> problem too when that when they go behind you. So I've had to teach him how to you know not, don't go behind me. Yeah, I I just want to go on record that any uh, falls attributed are still golden helmet uh counting oh. even even if it's the dog that pulled you. Yeah, the dog does not get the golden helmet points. It's the human. No, 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 the you human. get the points. You just can't say, no, it doesn't count because I got pulled off to the side by oh, the dog. T- yeah, and, and I am in agreement, yes. I will yeah. say, too, that one of the problems with, uh, one of the interesting things about running with my dog uh, is that he has this ritual of going to the bathroom probably five or six times before he gets into the groove to run. Yeah, so, so stop and go. Oh, dude, so it's like we start the watch and it's like .05, stop, .10, stop. <laughs> So there's a whole ritual. Yeah. Um, so if I'm in a rush, I can't take them. Yeah, it hurts the time a little bit. Yeah. It hurts, it hurts the pace. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so let's segue off of the uh, the leash question, and then uh, uh, let's go with the shoe question. What's the shoe question? Well, what's your shoe? Why? Oh, uh, that's a great question. So, uh, I've been do- using Hoka Speedgoat fours forever. Then we had a client who works for Nike. So we got this big discount at Nike, and which is great because the girls need bat, uh, basketball shoes for volleyball. So I yeah. ordered a trail shoe from from them. So I've been going back and forth with the Nike Wild Horse Seven and the Hoka's, which are totally different profiles. Right. And the more I use the Nike one, I f- it just feels more secure and safe to me than the Hoka. Mm-hmm. And I've been questioning, and I maybe is the Hoka reason I'm getting these knee twinges? I'm not sure, but yeah. Man, you can run. I can run on those shoes nice. forever. They're just so padded on the rocks. They feel great, but I don't know if they're too high. So yeah, but yeah, life probably lifelong Hoka, and then peppering in a little bit of Nike. Okay, yeah, and I think Nicholas wasn't it. Uh, Addie Bracy was uh, sponsored by Nike. One of our guests, I believe it. Was, I believe she was the one that was sponsored by Nike uh, that does the so. trail running. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's crazy. It was just, her, she set the FKT, the rim to rim to rim, right? In the past year, I believe. Uh, yes. And the, um, uh, yeah, I think that's all she got. I can't. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so, and then uh, watch. And then did I see that you run with a Garmin inReach? Well, no. So the other thing I'm super passionate about is my Whoop. Oh, my of- God. You have the Whoop? Yeah, the Whoop. Okay, the Whoop. Been- Okay, so I think the Whoop, um, and I don't say this in any judgmental tone. I'm sure it's awesome, but I think the Whoop is the most Southern California of any gadget ever made. <laughs> That's so well put. <laughs> so L.A. Which I is have... interesting. I'm from L.A. Yeah. yeah. So you would agree. So I hit, it, hit the nail on the head. So explain the Whoop to Nicholas, probably uh, one of the least L.A. people in the world. So the Whoop lives on me 24-7, and it measures my HRV, uh, which is heart rate variability. From what I understand, the higher the heart rate variability, the more rested I am. The lower it is, the more unrested I am. Every morning I wake up, and there's a score. It's either green, yellow, or red. And it pretty much is right on in terms of how you'll perform that day, either mentally or physically. So... Um, it also, you know, measures your sleep until it lets you know how much REM, how much deep, et cetera. So for me, I re- it's just invaluable, um, for runs for knowing how I'm going to feel, or this one might be hard today. Okay. And, and it's, it's kind of like, it looks like a bracelet versus a yeah, watch. Yeah. It's like a little bracelet. Uh, but I think what I love more about it, um, is it gives you, uh, for every activity, it gives you a, a score for the amount of strain that you that you did and then there's a community part of it as well where it will say you know let's say i did a three-hour run and i have a strain of 19 out of 20 and it'll say you are uh 15th out of 8,000 for men between 50 and 60 so again i'm just a data junkie it's just another thing like oh that's super cool i'm 15th out of uh you know i think i wrote on my um thing for the my questionnaire for the podcast, one of the reasons I like to run is it's, I wrote, it's a chance to do something special. Um, and when I have things like Strava thing, local legends on Strava or 
fastest time or the whoop strain saying that I'm 15th out of 7,000 people in the world. To me, that just feels like a little something special. Yeah, totally. You know, I don't know what that comes from. Probably my, my childhood or something, but this makes me feel good. Yeah. Now, uh, we have the uh, heart rate variability on the Apple watch. Yes. It will, it will record that as well. Um, this isn't a metric that you're looking at like on the run or you don't look at your run and say, what was my variability during the run? It's more of a 24 hour cycle. And you're saying it, you, you'll wake up and it'll say, Hey, your variability for yesterday was X. So today's going to kind of suck. I mean, what, how does that, how, how, how does that help guide you? I think the, the best way to describe it is if I wake up and it's green, then I, then I, I just know that I can chug uphill a little faster. And if it's red, just be ready for it to be hard. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm still going to do the same run if it's red. It's just, you know, but, again, I don't really rely on it like that though. I use it more for the, um, what I love is when I'm done with a run and about a half hour later, my phone says, whoop, notice you went for a run. Here's your strain. And, and it also tells me the calories too. So they'll say like that run you, because I think the whoop is more accurate than the Garmin watch in terms of uh, measuring calories. Probably. Yeah, it is. And so it'll say like you burnt, you did 1700 calories. So then it also helps me with nutrition. Like I better eat a little bit more after this, et cetera. So I use it more for that than I do green light, red light, yellow light. Well, uh, that's a, an interesting add on, you know, talking about our zone training and, you know, the body understands duration and effort, not distance and pace. And so that whoop is definitely filling in that effort side. It's a great point. That's a great point because as I've gotten older, I've gotten slower, right? So, so I'm not doing faster time. I'm not breaking my times anymore as much as I used, as I used to, but I'm still putting in this massive effort when I don't get that from anything else, but from the whoop, the whoop is like, you just did this massive effort. Yeah. Um, So I like it for that. So how do you bring all that together and, and, keep an eye on on these different things so you just have gotten a bit of a synergy with using each of the different components and knowing how to how to just use each one of them yeah exactly yeah and my, my homepage on my phone is uh garmin which i don't really use but um the strava app and the whoop app nice so yeah. I also want to, you talk about uh, nutrition a lot, and I know that nutrition is a, a big part of both your weight loss and staying healthy and, you know, charging up those hills. Uh, maybe give the listeners a, a kind of example of, of, you know, kind of your philosophy on, on what you put into your body and what you feel, what foods you feel kind of helps you stay keep that energy and, and give you what you need when you hit the trails? Well, uh, yeah. So I've been vegan for, I don't know, 10 years now. So I, I really believe, I, I feel like I couldn't do this if I didn't, if I ate different because I feel like the fuel is just, it's not a loaded fuel that I'm eating at all. It's, you know, breakfast is like oatmeal, uh, smoothies, salads, leafy greens, beans, um, I subscribe to a meal service called Thistle that, that brings in healthy vegan food with lots of protein. So yeah, I just, it's been so long since I've had, um, meat products or anything like that. I'm not sure how I would react. I just feel like I'm faster 
even though I say I'm running slower, I am definitely faster than I was in my 20s and 30s for sure. But I wasn't pushing it hard in my 20s and 30s, but I mean, I feel like I'm faster than I was definitely in my 40s. Yeah. When you, uh, when you went vegan, did that mean the, uh, the whole family went along with you? Oh man, our, our family's a nightmare. So our, <laughs> so our kids, so our kids are vegetarian and my wife is full on meat and potatoes. Okay. So, so our meals are basically the meal is what would, no, would, would normally be the side, right? The vegetable or the salad, that's the main course. And then the kids supplement, whatever they're having. And then Allison will have steak or whatever, uh, as a side. And I still make the food. I have nothing wrong, like with the food. I just for me, it's not for me right now. But yeah, I love the fact that it's like okay, so Brian, you get you get a little bit, and then the kids get a little more, and then your wife's like, yeah, and have a steak with that. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, I had a picture of me like uh, we had people over, and we had like did a carne asada thing, and I was wearing one of my vegan shirts, and I'm cutting up all the meat. <laughs> meat the meat juice all over the vegan shirt so yeah so uh yeah pita wouldn't approve <laughs> no probably not that would not be a good ad no <laughs> for, for pita uh but it's interesting because there's a lot of people i follow uh on instagram i i know that like the weightlifting movement the bodybuilding movement has a lot of people are moving to the plant-powered uh vegan diet just because they feel like it's a cleaner uh protein mm -hmm. i think they still eat meat but they they bulk with with a plant-based diet yeah. and i listen to no meat athlete podcast there's mm -hmm. a lot of great information on that too if people are vegan curious but i do feel a lot of the people that are at the top of this sport are vegans like scott um what's his last name director yeah scott jerk yeah vegan vegan correct mm -hmm. so Highly, highly recommend just looking at it if you're curious. Yeah. And I do, uh, I have a cup, one or two of the no meat athlete uh, cookbooks, you yep. know, great resource for, for recipes and stuff. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people that I agree with and remind, it's like, well, if you're, you know, if you want to, you don't have to just cut out meat right away. Just add a vegan or vegetarian meal once or twice a week. Yeah, just try it once. Like, right. make just add Monday. a little bit of here and there. Meatless Mondays. Meatless Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. Go slow. I Was mean, that I an went... 80s song? Uh, <laughs> no. God. That was like a, like a Smith song. Yeah, I know. Almost. <laughs> when I went plant, when I, when I first went though, it probably took about six months to fully, to fully do it. It's not something that's overnight. Yeah, totally. You know, and every once in a while I'll have some fish or I'll have the kids will make a, cookie with butter in it and I'll eat it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, totally. That's the part that I struggle with is looking at my existing habits and just, I, I mean, the daunting idea of moving away from the things that I really, really love, even though I shouldn't necessarily be eating those like cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that. <laughs> but again, you guys have to understand that I was motivated by my dad having a heart attack. Yeah. I had high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, so I highly recommend something that you guys should also do when you're 50 or 45. I had a cal do you guys ever do a calcium check of your heart? I have not. So highly, highly recommend that. They say you should get that when you're 45, but they basically do a um, CAT scan to check calcium plaque deposit in your heart. And they say it's the number one indicator of having a heart attack. And they score you on a score from zero to whatever. Uh, your goal is to get a, a score of zero. So I do that every five years 
Um, basically, if you get a zero, they say you're heart attack proof ish for seven years. So um, that, and then, and then I check my um, EKG with a thing called uh, Cardia Mobile. Have you heard of that? No. So it's a $200 thing that you can check six arrhythmias with. Uh, and so I use that every, you know, every few days just to make sure, um, everything's okay. So, uh, I it may sound a little overcautious, but you know, when I'm out there on the other side of the mountain and I just want to make sure I'm, I'm good and not going to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I want to add that. So once a year I go in and get a blood test and get just the full battery of everything. Smart. Just the whole, the whole thing. Like there's, you know, I'm sitting down with the, the, it's a nurse practitioner who runs a private practice, kind of a combo, traditional health, alternative health. And uh, he, like, there's, like, I'm on these uh, homocysteine supplements because my homocysteine is low. I don't even know what the hell that is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what the, the hell are you doing letting your homocysteine get down like that? Obviously, I have no idea what the fuck I was no, doing. No, I mean, I'm serious. What the hell are you doing to get your homocysteine down like that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Homocysteine back up, my friend. Yeah, that's I know. That's what I'm working yeah. on. That's why I'm taking the supplements. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's you know we have to we have to take care of ourselves to do this. So totally. Well, and it's yeah, just being realistic about the changes that we need to make as we we age and our bodies adapt. That we can't continue to do everything that we thought we could do, and. No. If we want to continue to do the things we want to do, then there's just some changes that have to come along with that. But then you got a guy like you, that guy Drew that you had on the on the podcast who's running like in the hills, seven thirty miles. It's like that just yeah. seems to me like crazy. Yeah, at you 50. should. You know? Or have fucking uh, Gene Dykes, you know, in his seventies uh, running. What's he? Is he running sub seven miles? How fast is he running? Oh man, I you know he's it's he's running three hour marathons and hundred mile road races and yeah you know it's, sometimes two three hundred mile road races at seventy yeah uh, wow what's his butt wow. at sixty did a double bad water right wow. <laughs> yeah bad water none double. of those are on my list I ran it turned around and ran back ran back did it again I, so my goal is to to just try to do one one hundred mile that's my goal I just want to see. I, I, I still haven't gotten to the part of my running where I was super challenged. Yeah. Uh, I'm prepping myself for that. That's, I really want to, I just listened to your podcast. I listened to other podcasts of people that are way farther ahead than I am. And I've just been enamored with the idea of being on a run where, where you could, where the challenge, the mental challenge happens. I ran LA marathon a couple of times. Never ever felt challenged like that. I feel like that's only going to happen, you know, after eight hours. Yeah, you want to know where the shit really starts breaking down. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see what I made of. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, well, one of the things Nicholas and I have been bouncing back and forth. I don't know if we can do it this year, but definitely in the next few years, we're going to do the uh, Timberline Trail run yeah. around Mount Hood. Yeah, how far is that? It's forty-two miles and ten thousand feet of vert, I believe. I think you're not, maybe not even that much uh, miles, not many miles, but it's, it's 42 yeah. miles. I know for a fact it's 42. Wow. Oh, it is 42. Okay. Yep. Is that a race? No. Just no. do it. It would never be a sanctioned race. It's too dangerous. Yeah. I, w- I got to tell you guys, one of the, uh, I think I wrote this down. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, one of my favorite runs that I've ever done is in your neck of the wood. Now, near that, um, called. Um, where am I supposed to look? By the way, I keep looking at the camera. It's fine. Wherever you want. Yeah. 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 All right. Are you guys looking at me? Yeah. All, all the long. time. Hey, see, <laughs> the actor is still in me. Uh, Eagle Creek Trail, Cascade Locks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, that is like the most beautiful run I have ever been on. Like, I think about four miles up, there's a there's a pond, yeah. like a Punchbowl Falls. Past that, way past okay. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's only like a mile up. Yeah. I think four miles up, and then I think if you keep going up that, it goes to Tim, it goes to Mount Hood. Yeah. It goes all the way to Mount Hood. Yeah, you can just keep going. Ah, oh, so beautiful there. But yeah, I would love to do something like that. That takes you what, like a day? Definitely. Yeah, full day. Full day. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, also we've toyed with the Wonderland Trail that is uh, 90 miles and do it in three days. That's yeah, wow. around Mount Rainier. Uh, Mount Rainier. Oh, wow. This is, this is the thing about the way my life is structured right now, that, that there's all these great, like, sorry about the, the dings. Um, there's, you know, okay, so you guys just had Frank on. Do you know Samo Robin? From, I don't think uh, so. Slovakia. He's a photographer as okay. well. Okay, I don't think so. We, we've all talked about the idea there in in uh, Europe somewhere. I think in the in the Alps there are week long trips that you can book with a guide, where it's like a week long trail run through through the Alps. Oh man, and, that'd be awesome. But it's like the way my life is structured with work. It's like that'll never happen until we like retire. Yeah. And then okay, so then I'm like 56, 57. Just getting you know? started. Yeah. Well, this is what I hope. Yeah. I hope that, but it's. 57, you'll finally start kicking in that extra gear and getting faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. You'll know what the pedal weed, the pedal weed. <laughs> the poodle dog weed. <laughs> you'll know what the poodle dog weed looks like. Dude, the poodle dog weed is nasty, okay? Poison oak is a, is a, is a oily substance. Poodle dog weed, the actual bristles go into your skin and that's what causes a rash and it takes like two months longer to, to, to go away definitely gonna avoid that yeah i would <laughs> recommend that highly oh dear lord yeah. all right well brian i wish you uh the best of luck on the 50k yeah thank if you if i'm uh down there i will come cheer you on and laugh at you all at the same time i'd love that <laughs> and um i appreciate you guys uh interviewing me i'm super passionate about running i don't think i have a pedigree like a lot of your guests i'm super humbled to be here but but Hopefully some of the passion comes across. Definitely does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep it up. Love it. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thank you. Well, I don't know what it is about the photography industry, but uh, you have some really cool fucking runners in that group. So that, that's a good question. But I think one of the reasons is, is that photographers have a really weird schedule where they're, you know, they're shooting a wedding on the weekend. And during the week, you're working because you're backing up and processing files and stuff. But you do have a lot of control over your schedule. So I think it kind of opens up space where they're like, well, shit, I guess I should go run because I got two, three hours open today. Really resonated with the reasons behind he got started and the focus and the day-to-day aspect of, of what it means to be healthy for him and how running is a part of that. Yeah. And I think one of the things I also liked is that I think it's so important, especially amongst the old crazy runners, that we really talk a lot with each other about our injuries and staying healthy and how we, you know, have, uh, be, you know, got over injuries, et cetera, because 
in, you know, in, in the rest of the world, nobody knows, right? You even go to a doctor and they'll be like, yeah, you should stop running. Well, like, no, that's not the answer, right? right? So we really need to share this information amongst ourselves to help each other uh, get healthy. And I think especially the men, uh, you know, reaffirming that it, it is okay to go see a physical therapist, you dumbass. It, it's actually not only okay, it's, it's really what you should be doing. Yeah, but, you know, I don't want to say should because then we'll just dissuade people from doing it. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's just good practice. And, uh, you know, the idea of being overall healthy is what's most important. And, and to be a lifelong runner, that's really what it takes. And so kudos to Brian for really turning that corner and sticking with it, man. He's crushing it right now. So, yeah, big thanks to Brian and wish him the best of luck on his uh, 50K. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends how much you love listening in. And be sure to go by Strava and join the Old Crazy Runners Podcast Run Club because that's where all us old crazies hang out and that's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, keep putting in the miles, and keep being old crazy runners.